Hello, dreamer. Catherine Bell joined me last week for a conversation about dreams during the time of wildfires, how our dreams help us heal from behind the scenes, even when we don't work on them, what kind of dream work feels like massage to her and what feels more like surgery, and so much more. Catherine is a well-read dream worker, and I love the way she blends her curiosity about the data around dreams with a deep respect for the experience of dreaming. You'll hear her mention some research studies and several books. I will be sure to have those book titles and authors in the show notes, as well as links you can use to reach Catherine. Before we dive into that conversation, I want to invite you to join me in October when I'm opening up enrollment in a DreamWork course for healers, people in a healing process of their own, and all of us who care about global healing right now. This is going to be for you if you love your dreams and you want to explore another path into all the insight, inspiration, and connection they have to offer. I'll be sharing ways to engage with dreams specifically for healing, your own and the healing of those you help in your practice, if you're a practitioner, and we'll dive deep into the symbolic lens of classical Chinese medicine. I'll also be reopening the doors for new members in the Dreamer's Den monthly membership community in October. For members, I share a prompt or invitation each month for deepening your dream work. I'll be providing a bonus audio that I don't release on my podcast, offering you insights on dreams, symbolism, healing, and creativity from myself or from a guest dream worker. We have a monthly live online members call where we explore the month's invitation and dive deep into one person's dream as our shared dream material. And we have a members-only online forum where you can share dreams in writing as often as you like all month long. If any of this has you leaning in and thinking you might like to learn more and bring your own unique voice to the Dreamer's Den, I'd love to make sure we're keeping in touch by email. The best way to do that is to go to thedreamersden.org open. Let me know your email address and I will send you a free video and PDF I put together about working with your dreams and especially about the five elements in your dreams. And then I will also make sure to stay in touch with you as the Dreamer's Den course and membership community open up. And now here's my conversation with Catherine Bell. You're listening to the Dreamer's Den podcast. I'm your host, Leilani Navar. I'm here along with guest dream workers, authors, and teachers to talk about diving deep into your dreams. We're skipping the small talk and going for conversations about what matters most to us what's touching us so deeply that it shows up in our dreams, in one form or another. We talk about engaging with dreams to experience insight, inspiration, healing, and meaningful connection with one another. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can catch all these conversations. Visit thedreamersden.org open for a free video and mini book I put together to help you learn more about opening up or deepening your own relationship with your dreams. Catherine Bell is a DreamWork practitioner and the founder of Experiential DreamWork. She's been facilitating dream groups for over 20 years and has been a one-on-one -on -one dream coach for seven years. She's the creator of the radio show and podcast called The Dream Journal, which she hosts live every Saturday morning on the radio in Santa Cruz, California, and then releases as a podcast. She features interviews with dream experts and takes call-ins from listeners. If you haven't listened to it yet, I recommend you check it out on any of the podcast platforms. I was on the Dream Journal with Catherine in May, and I'll link to that episode in the show notes. And I'm excited to welcome Catherine here as my guest now on The Dreamer's Den. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks for coming on the show. So glad to be here, Leilani. Thanks for inviting me. So I'd love to dive in by asking you about the beginning of your work with dreams. How did you realize that dreams really mattered to you? Right. Well, you know, I've always been interested in my dreams 
even uh, when I was young and the, but no one else around me was talking about them. So I, for me, they thought they were kind of private. I didn't really um, share them with anybody. And I was fairly intellectual. I actually have a PhD in astrophysics and I studied uh, for years in science and um, was pretty disconnected from my body and pretty unhappy, actually. I don't know that I really knew that at the time, how unhappy I was. Mm. Just kind of like, you know, doing the next thing, doing the next thing. Okay, I guess that comes next. And um, But really pretty uh, dis disconnected and a uh, difficult time on making decisions and uh, just not feeling like a lot of um, zest in life. And But, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I, for me, it was normal. Like, that's just how it how it is. And uh, I got married, had a baby, and um, yeah, marriage wasn't going that well. And I was on a vacation up in um, Hood River, Oregon, a windsurfing vacation. And, uh, and I, my husband didn't come. I think part of me knew that he was uh, with somebody else. But I was like, not going to feel that. I was like, not going to go there. And what happened is that I, I got this pain in my gut. And since I was suppressing all these other feelings of like, you know, fear about the relationship, I suppressed that one as well. And I, uh, um, I actually su successfully ignored this intense pain for three days until my appendix ruptured. Wow. And I, yeah. And I almost died. And I ended up in the hospital there for, uh, for 10 days up in uh, Oregon. And I just really came face to face with the knowledge that something is not right here, that if I'm really ignoring myself to that level, to the point that I almost died, <laughs> mm -hmm. that there is something is just not okay here. And so uh, um, I, I went home and, uh, and, I, and I found myself tuning into my dreams more and more and kind of following the breadcrumbs i you know followed one book and then another book and um and then i uh, read this roger kamenetz book called uh, um, the history of last night's dream and it, it really spoke to me about the way of working with dreams that was very feeling based and not very intellectual and I started having these amazing dreams uh, after reading that book or while reading that book. And so I contacted the people behind the book and I got into their uh, dream therapy program and it just totally restructured my life. I had been in dream groups already for years, like uh, projective style dream groups uh, that were very helpful. But as I got into the one-on-one -on -one therapy, it was, it was like, for me, it was a difference between massage, like the dream groups were like, they felt good. And, but then, you know, a day or two later, I kind of be back to normal. Whereas the, uh, the, the one-on-one -on -one deep feeling work was like surgery. It was like uh -huh. totally rearranging who I was and really connecting me with a deeper level of existence of, of my own existence and started to connect me to, uh, just a, a whole deeper plane of, of possibility. And I got confronted with a huge amount of pain that I had not been feeling. And, but as part of that, I got connected to a huge amount of support as well, that these characters would show up in my dreams who, were, who would just sit with me and love me and smile and hold my hand. And, mm. uh, and I, would, they, I could take them to the painful places. And so I was not alone. And that's really opened me up to... Uh, connection and joy and so I started to really have what I now know are feelings like really big feelings really sad and really happy and that's just the full range of experience and it's it's still a journey for me but that's this is how I, I got started and finding out that by confronting the really bad dreams I really was able to go deeper and 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 connect with really good feelings and really good dreams as well. uh -huh. wow so I'd, I'd like to hone in a little bit on something you said there about how different your experience was between dream groups and the one-on-one -on -one work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're giving, you gave this great image of massage versus surgery. And I've also heard you use the phrase emotional immune system around yes. dreams. Yeah. And so it makes me think about these different layers of activity mm -hmm. of our dreams and our dream work. The, our dreams do something for us every night, whether we work with them or not. Mm -hmm, we can absolutely. we can get into them with a group and do some exploring and some feeling around and get some ahas. You can dive deep one on one. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? What the differences have been for you of those different types of work? Absolutely. Yes. The uh, 
So I want to just touch into the dreams as emotional immune system. And I love how you brought in immediately that, that our dreams are helping us, even if we don't remember them and mm -hmm. never mind, don't even work with them. And that's something I've really come to believe. And I've, I've read some of the research about this as well, that the dreams have a function and even I would say the vast majority of people who don't remember their dreams or they say, Oh, I don't dream, but you know, which basically means we don't remember the dreams Yeah, um, because everybody dreams that even the people who don't remember their dreams still get tremendous benefit from them. And, and particularly as far as emotional regulation, uh, people like Matthew Walker, who have done a lot of work on this, he has a book, Why We Sleep, which is mostly about the physiological functions of sleep, but he has three or four chapters on dreams, which are fascinating. And I've gone into some of the research behind that book and looked at some of the, um, the professional papers about dreaming and um, also the 24-hour mind by Rosalind Cartwright uh, talks a lot about uh, the emotional healing that dreams bring for us. So there's a, there's a study I love to quote, so I'm going to bring it in here, which is uh, a nap study, which I love the concept of that anyway, because you just go somewhere and take a nap in the study <laughs> of the brain while you're napping. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, naps are, sometimes you have a dream during a nap, and sometimes you don't. And so what they, they did in this work is, as they showed these various images to people before the nap and, and measured their, their emotional response, some happy images and some, some scary, sad images. And then after they napped, then they went and showed these same images to these people. And they found that the people who had had dreams during the nap were much more balanced uh, when they saw those images again. And whereas the people who had not dreamed were just, they just saw, they just had the same response the first time. But the people who had had a dream during the nap were uh, were more able to handle the the disturbing images and and more comfortable with that with happy images that there was just a balance that was happening because of the dreams not because of the sleeping but specifically because of the dream so you know that doesn't say they didn't even measure what the dreams were they didn't ask them what did you dream they just measured their brain and, and saw if they had a REM period or not with a rapid eye motion period and then they determined the response to these images and the dreaming really served to balance these people out and help them um, to cope with the images that they were seeing. And I, I'm finding that's definitely the case as I've been um, going through these fire wildfires here in, in California and was evacuated from my home for two and a half weeks and have gone back and found my house was surrounded by fire, but not burned. Wow. <laughs> And my dreams have been really active and really, really supportive and um, helping me cope and uh, helping me maintain um, my ability to be functional. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find the dreams are, are indeed powerful. So, so there's the level of the dreams doing their work behind the scenes. And then there's a level where you write down a dream or maybe even just remember it in the morning and tell somebody and then write down the dream. And then, or you could tell somebody, you, you could do work around it, like uh, do some journaling or a ritual around your dream. You can take it to a group. These are all different levels of working with dreams or you can take it to your one-on-one -on -one practitioner that each of these levels increases the engagement you have with the dream and that seems to really enhance the the work that the dream is able to do and you know these dreams are so precious because the dream always knows exactly what's going on behind the scenes what's going on in our minds and in our soul in a way that even our conscious mind often doesn't know mm -hmm. so dreams really are like laser precise they know exactly what it is that's happening for us and so as we get in there and explore what's happening in the dream then that that kind of uh, i like to think of the dream as, as showing us where the cracks are where we're changing and growing like the growth uh, cracks uh -huh. and if we work with the dream we kind of get in there and pry those cracks a little wider and like and put a little fertilizer on that plant, grow up, make it, let it grow a little faster. And so that by the, the deeper we work with the dream, the, the more we really honor the processes going on inside of ourselves. And we don't have to understand the dream. That was one thing that's blown me away over the years. You don't have to understand the dream. You just have to honor it and have gratitude and, and know that it's, something is happening inside of you and that this dream is helping and you don't have to know how or even what the topic is just working with that dream is is going to enhance the benefits of that process yeah and do you find that 
working with it really in any way does that, whether it's telling it to someone or going into more of an embodied, you know, where do I feel this dream in my body or drawing it? I mean, do you put all of those together in the same type of just hanging out with the dream? Oh, everything helps. I mean, anything helps. And it, it, any level of engagement with the dream is, is going to enhance its, its process. So, you know, I have a scientist and the still scientist. And one of the things that um, I've, I've learned is that the dreams happen in the part of the brain that's the very deeper part of the brain, like the amygdala and the hippocampus and the cingulate gyrus and all these really primitive parts of our brain that deal with emotions and, and personal feelings. And, and those parts of our brain are very active when we're dreaming, but not, but, and they're active when we're awake too. But, but when we're awake, the prefrontal cortex, which is like right behind our forehead, that that part is so active that it kind of swamps everything else from the brain so that we don't really notice. A lot of times we don't even notice what our feelings are. Like I have a, a running joke you know, with, with myself that my dog knows what I'm feeling before I do. <laughs> this uh-huh. is very, very common because uh, I'm so busy thinking and, and planning and doing what I do that I don't necessarily tune into my body. And so the dream uh, does that. And so as we tune into the dream, then and tuning into it in a way that we're not engaging the prefrontal cortex. So we don't want to be judging or planning or interpreting as much as possible, just go into the feeling and the image of it that brings us really neurologically back to those deeper parts of our brain and that activity. And so whatever that activity was doing to enhance uh, our growth, that we can enhance that by working with the dream. Hmm. Really by putting us into this mental and the physical state that we were when the dream was happening and knowing that that dream being the immune system of our body is, uh, is doing its best to, to help us um, achieve balance and satisfaction. So I wonder, I wonder your take on this. Yeah. With the thinking mind being a little bit less in the way during dreaming, Mm -hmm. do you think that that is part of what's going on when we have precognitive dreams or intuitions about someone else far away, that these are things like our feelings that we might be perceiving when we're awake, but we just they can't make it through. Right, right. No, I love that. I, I think there, there's a lot that we, um, that we, we suppress whenever we're, we're busy with our prefrontal cortex. Like I often think of babies like that. They're, they come into the world and they're just totally open. They see everything they don't know what to focus on. And so they're, they're just, they kind of, every, everything is, is game. Everything is possible. And then they learn pretty quickly to f- focus on on eyes and, and faces because that's where the juice is that's where the humans are yeah and so a lot of what babies are learning to do is to in, ignore things and i've even heard the brain i think it was michael pollan uh how to change your mind yeah uh, where i heard about this description of the brain as a filter so the brain is is actually removing our experience of various things rather than enhancing our experience i mean it has its uses for sure uh, but the, the, a lot of what the brain does is filter out and like remove things that it deems not important. And if there's something um, psychic going on or something precognitive or if we're connected to the sea of consciousness, but it's not, you know, relevant for our, our day-to-day survival, then the brain might decide to filter that out. But when we're sleeping, that prefrontal cortex is sleeping too. And so maybe those things can rise up. I, I have certainly felt that, um, I have connected with some kind of some spiritual uh, and I don't even want to call them entities exactly, but there's a way that there's um, that there's, I, I feel like I'm connected into uh, or can at times connect into a level of consciousness that goes way beyond my own mm-hmm. that I never expected to find, but, you know, dream after dream that there's these characters that show up in our, in, in all, all, pretty much all dreams, you'll find one somewhere, that there's some, some character that's kind of holding the, representing the consciousness, I don't know if you want to call it God, or the consciousness of the planet, or the sea of consciousness, or, or anima animus, what do you want to call it, but there's like, there's some, are an ally, sometimes I call them allies, mm-hmm. that there is a kind of a consciousness that is, outside, feels like it's from outside of my own, but it's there for me, and to, to help me, and so, uh, you know, this is nothing I was ever looking for. 
Yeah. But it, it just seems like there, there is something there that's speaking to me through the dream. <clears throat> and there's a, and I, what the wonderful thing is I find is it also has leaked through into a waking life that as I work with these Im images, like these helpful characters who come and hold my hand and, um, and, and love me exactly the way I am, that as I work with these characters in my waking life, that I've started to shift and feel like the world is in fact a friendly place. And there's a way that I belong here and you know, there's a way that I'm, I'm supported and, and cared for. And that it, it just really has changed my experience of, of being human to, to feel like, like instead of that I have to work endlessly to be loved or to get any little scraps of caring that, that there's just a lot of love for me and I just need to learn how to tap into it. How beautiful. I can't get yeah. much better than that, right? <laughs> I mean, exactly. You know, and it's not always there. You know, I'm going through my mind as I'm speaking. I was like, okay, well, then we have these fires here. This is, doesn't seem super friendly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've, uh, I've uh, had, I've been really blessed and, you know, not a lot of people have lost their homes, but, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's still, even in trauma, I see it doesn't change the fact that trauma happens and that bad things do happen. But there is something helpful about having somebody who can uh, who can be with me and and hold my hand and walk with me, and that I'm not alone when I have to endure whatever I am enduring. That I I don't feel so alone. Yeah, I think that what you just said is the crux of a spiritual sense of interconnection. However, someone gets there, whether it's through dream work or some other path. Oh, absolutely. Dreamwork is not the only path. No, no. Yeah. This is just the one that works for me, but there's plenty of other paths. Yeah. So have you, I don't know if you want to share any more about this, but you said your dreams have been helping you through this time with the fires and the evacuation. Yeah. Have there been characters who showed up specially for you in this time or? Yeah, there have, there have. Um, well, okay. Well, one thing I, I can say is that I've really been appreciating the human superpower of dissociation. This <laughs> <laughs> an incredible useful thing i've you know it seems like if we have, we should fight against this and feel everything in every moment but you know sometimes it's just not the right time to feel mm -hmm. everything <laughs> it's not it's not functional to feel everything and so it's like yeah. it's not <laughs> no, absolutely not and you know yeah. this is, was a shift for me because uh, you know i had a, a story in my mind that you know if i if i were an enlightened being or whatever that means that there were i could be present in every moment and feel what i feel and but I've really come to appreciate that when, when you have to take care of something, like, you know, I went, I drove back up the hill after the evacuation to, to pack up some belongings in my camper van. And in the three hours that I was there packing things up with all the ash raining down and the sky all orange, and it's like, ooh, creepy. And you yeah. had, and I just was like, okay, I'm not feeling it right now. Okay, this is, I'm taking care of business. I'm doing what I'm doing and packing up. And then, so I was in this dissociative state and I went down. Uh, to my evacuation place and then I was there for a couple of weeks and I was like okay but how when am I going to get go back and feel those feelings is it okay that um, you know I don't want to like be stuck in that dissociative place forever because ideally you come you come to a place where you feel support and you have somebody who can hear your story and you can start to reclaim those feelings and and I was just like kind of checking in with myself because I know I'm, I'm capable of, of huge dissociation. I mean, just think about that ruptured appendix, how mm -hmm. dissociated I was to not feel that incredible physical pain uh, for days to the point that I almost died. So I know I'm good at dissociation. And so I, I had, a, um, I had a, a dream that I worked with my dream coach that uh, was super, super helpful for me and that I'm at the top of the mountain. I actually live on a mountain. And so in the dream, I'm on a mountain and there's snow everywhere and you know that for me is there's combined feelings of the of the ash which is everywhere and then also the just this dissociation and and i'm like in in trauma i don't know what's happened in the dream but i'm just really scared and and in pain and and i and i start going down off the mountain and as i'm coming down off the mountain i get to a place where there's less snow and i'm walking um which is i drive a lot in my dreams but it's interesting i, I was walking in, in this dream and and I come to a place where there's, there's several people who seem to know me and I don't recognize them, but they know me. And there's a way that they, they know me because of my dream work. They were at a retreat or something like that. There's this, what the story in the dream was. And, but they're, they're, they're feel very confident and, and they're like cheering me on in a way. And so 
for me, those are, those are the, the allies. They're cheering me on. And as I'm coming down off the mountain and the snow is melting away, there's like a way that maybe I, I am coming down and that there's a way I am in my body again. And so like I can picture them cheering me on and oh, I'll take a breath right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and they kind of gave me some confidence that maybe I am coming down off the mountain I'm like I'm, I'm back in my body more and that you know the dissociation is is just temporary I just needed to do what I needed to do and then I can I, I can carry on and so I felt like that dream was kind of a confirmation that I'm actually doing all right <laughs> mm. well I love the image of people cheering you on as you're coming down the mountain, because you started this by saying that, that it's a superpower to be able to dissociate, which is also a time when people cheer, yeah. right? For the superhero who, you right. know, I'll... Oh, so right. Uh, right. But you know, they like, get those superheroes. They have these human aspects too. And like, can we, can we have be a superpower and also have those human aspects? Yeah. I'll do the, the projective thing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If this, if this were my dream, I, um, I feel like it's even, letting me wonder whether it's truly a dissociation, like an either or state of I'm, I'm associated or dissociated. Maybe I'm at a different place on the mountain and maybe the snow and the water is in a different state of freezing or flowing, but it's not, uh, it's not either I'm a superhero or I'm human. It's not either I'm dissociated or I'm feeling my feelings. It's like a functional movement between different states. Right. Oh, I, I have a big aha on that one. Yeah, there's like, there's like degrees of dissociation. I, I love that. I think that's wonderful, Ilani. And that's, uh, that really helps me kind of see where I'm at, because I, I, I do seem to kind of ramp up into these different levels. And it's, it's, it's that is helpful to think about it as, as levels and has as a whole range of possibilities, so that it's not either or, but there's, uh, there's levels of engagement and dissociation all all um flowing one into the other mm-hmm. thank you that's oh, good yeah i think i i like the imagery yeah. of walking for that as opposed to driving too because it's a little uh, slower <laughs> a little yeah. more grounded totally it is it's very personal yeah mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that that image Absolutely. i can <laughs> i don't know i it must really strike a chord for me too because i can totally imagine coming down the mountain like mm-hmm. that yeah well, well, this is one of the power of dream groups is that uh, that is, is wonderful is that we get to share each other's dreams and that when we have a um, we hear somebody else's dreams, then that's totally fine for you to take it on as one of, a dream of mm-hmm. yourself. Like a, I actually had a, uh, my radio show on Saturday. I had a call in show and there was call, two different callers who had um, different dreams, but they really spoke to me and, and I kind of like wove them together and and took them in as my own and, and, you know, share them out to the, the radio community and uh, that there's something about dreams. Like maybe we are tapping into the sea of consciousness where we all can meet in some way because they often seem to speak from a, a similar place. Like the dreams speak to each individual, but there's, they kind of speak from a, some place is, is kind of vast and shared, I guess. Uh, I think of the collective unconscious uh, that Carl Jung speaks about, but there's also the sea of consciousness, which is kind of maybe a more modern version of the same thing. Yeah. And I feel that we're interconnected in so many ways. I mean, I'm in Southern Utah and yesterday was incredibly smoky here. Um, we have, we have fires much closer to us than the fires that are near you, but mm-hmm. I don't know if some of the smoke from California has made it this way or someone's coming south, but I was thinking of you and all of you there in California as our sun was red and our air was smoky. And I actually, you know, we have all these masks handy because we wear them because of COVID. (laughs) When I walked Uh the dog yesterday, I wore the mask last night, you know, because it was so smoky. And then in the night, sometimes we get these incredibly vicious winds here. They're very fast, but they also come in big gusts. And I live in a yurt, so it's basically like tent walls, you know, so they're whipping around and like they're going to rip apart as the wind's coming through. And I was just having these vague, anxious dreams that this wind was blowing the flames from California to the mountain Mm. where I live. So I was dreaming of waking up and seeing, seeing flames. Mm. And then as soon as I hopped on the call with you and you were talking about um, the fires and the dreams, 
during the fire time, I felt that we're really existing in the same sea of so many experiences. Right. You know, my, my air may be carrying some of what, you know, is -hmm. in your air. Absolutely. So I feel like, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm dreaming with you on more than one you know, level. Absolutely. Yeah. There's something that maybe we're kind of tuning in uh, to each other as we're, as we're getting ready to speak today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, 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 the dust and the smoke is, carries so much. There's like some psychic, I mean, just like that could have been somebody's house, a little bit of smoke that I'm breathing in right now. It's like, I'm thinking of all the, Gosh, the, yeah. the trees, but also over a thousand houses burned in our small community. Oh, that's a lot of, a lot of loss and heartbreak around you. Wow. Totally. And I feel like I'm really picking up on on a lot of that sense of loss as well. So there's, so it's like, I don't really want to not feel it. I want to be able to feel it, but not be over. I don't want to be overwhelmed by it because I need to be functional and I, and it doesn't help anybody if I'm not, but it does help for me to, to think about the, the feelings that I'm picking up are not all my own feelings and that there's also a lot of loss from you know the tree beings and the and mm-hmm. the human beings and the animals and and things who've uh, who've been uh, hurt and and damaged by uh this these fires you know fire yeah. so transformational i i went through a whole series of fire dreams a couple of years ago which was really transformational for me and uh, but uh i don't know that i could have told you how but there was just something just kind of flamed up in me that was was uh huge and but being in a waking life fire uh, is, a, is it's definitely, I don't know, it's a little scarier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fire dreams were scary too, but you know, when it's, when it's your, your life, it's, uh, it's uh, intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. I'm really thinking of what you said about the, the levels of dissociation, that it doesn't have to be either or. It feels like it's kind of little waves kind of going through me. It's like, okay, I can let myself feel this and now I can rein it back in a little bit and so, mm-hmm that I can kind of kind of surf on those waves a little bit of uh, of feeling and um, and let let them process in me as 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 needed and yet be be functional when I need to be functional mm-hmm. so thank you for that um, yeah and and trusting it too I mean even however you learned however any of us ever learned to dissociate in the beginning, we had a good reason for that and yep for surviving a fire you know you've got a good reason right there so trusting that (laughs) trusting that the the freeze and the thaw and the somewhere in between you know when a waterway runs and there's some ice on the top that bubbles beneath right Right, whatever state it's in is is maybe right where it's meant to be uh yes trust i love that Mm -hmm. yeah have you been hearing dreams from others in your local community about fires I, let's see. I have, um, in fact, one of the dreams shared on the radio show on 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 Saturday was was not specifically about fires, but it was about redwoods and and a lot of redwood trees were lost. And these trees are are huge, you know, two hundred fifty feet tall, and they they live for thousands of years. And some of the oldest um, trees in in the state, I believe, uh, were were burned or at least badly damaged up in Big Basin. And the the dream was about the about the redwoods and connecting with the redwoods and who will remember us. And I thought that was really really poignant to to feel into those tree beings because they they have a huge amount of wisdom and all the long life they've been there. But they can't run from a fire, you know. They're they're there. They're they're there with whatever they are. They're there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're pretty well adapted. A lot of redwoods survive. In fact, in my yard. Um, the redwoods, uh, a lot of redwoods got badly scorched but not killed, whereas the doug firs are are more were badly damaged, and certainly the oaks, huh. a lot of those are are destroyed. Whereas the redwoods are are pretty durable, but uh, the fire was pretty hot and some for for some t- some time, and so some of the the trees are were really destroyed. And I thought that was um, beautiful to bring in that image of the redwoods, and uh, you know just praying for the ones that survived and remembering the ones that perished. That was beautiful. Kind of metaphor for the humans and the houses. Yeah. Wow. The time scale there too, that they were thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. How many right. fires and others event other events they've been through. Yeah. But you know, that's actually kind of a model of resilience there too, of that um, 
you know, the, the redwoods often have uh, fire scars on them because they do live through all these fires for the hundreds of years that they're around. And that's like uh, the humans, like we have our scars and we have our, our, our wounded places. And, you know, even we're, we're never the same, but whenever we, we like lose a loved one or you know, lose a home or, you know, divorce, any, any a trauma is, um, it's not something that, that ever goes away, but it uh, does change who we are and it can deepen who we are. And so there's some way that I want to you know, remind myself and, and the listeners that, that grief is not a bad thing, that it is who we are and that, that becoming, um, that we're not going to let go of those things that, uh, that cause us pain, that the, that is, shapes who we are but we can become um, deeper and more loving because of our pain, because then we have compassion for other people's pains. So, you know, our wounds make us who we are in some ways, so many ways. Well, there's a beautiful testament to feeling your feelings when the, mm-hmm. when we can. Yeah. Even the ones that are not, not good. They're, they're, they're there for a reason. There's something physiological about them. And, um, and I think spiritual too, that there's, there's something, about the range of feelings that connects us to to spirit, to to what's true, the, the deeper our deeper souls, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, if we think about it through the Chinese medicine lens with the five elements, you know, each of yeah. our major emotions is absolutely a part of who we are. It's a part of our physiology, just like each mm-hmm. of our organs is. So they're in an excess of any emotion or any emotion that's repressed and um, not allowed to move, right? So there's a, a distinction between dissociating or maybe sometimes they're related, but repressing and not letting an emotion move ever. Those mm. can make us sick, but the emotions themselves aren't bad. They're like, right. oh, mm-hmm. they're just, they're just a part of how we exist. They're a part of how um, life moves through us. The same as our blood and our nourishment and our waste and everything, you know, that we do in our, in our physical beingness. So yeah, we do need them all. And we need, we need, the earth needs them all too. This is the paradox for me about the fires, you know, witnessing them from my little human mind that is scared and sees all the loss, you know, and then zooming way out and seeing this dynamic taking place on the planet a planet which is trying to find a new and different balance and what what role is the fire playing in that whole much longer term story you know right well, I, think, I think you've your, your fire, fire dream and, and also the fires happening here and i'm wondering what the what the chinese uh, elements have to say about fire like what is it what is it for well so fire there's kind of two fires in huh. the body. There's the imperial fire, which we associate with the heart. Uh-huh. And that's the emperor, um, you know, in the, the seat sort of of authority and guidance and wisdom and vision in that way, mm-hmm. beating out the heartbeat of instruction to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. And then there's what we call the ministerial fire, which goes around the body and gets things done keeps things warm and functional and metabolizing and conscious. So we associate fire with the blood and the consciousness, the light behind our eyes, that kind of level of the spirit. Right. And the emotion of fire is usually called joy, which is the only one that would sound positive to our ears of the five big emotions, (laughs) but it's a little bit, it's, it's also the idea of overjoy, like a mania kind of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's also can be anxiety or panic, which fire, I mean, I think we can feel that. I can even hear it in your voice and my voice when we start (laughs) to talk about the fire. It's like it it has that scattering, rising quality. But then on on the flip side, fire is also associated with spirit, spirituality and connection, heart to heart type of connection, you know, one on one and in community. So here right now with these wildfires, you know, we see fire raging, we see fire out of control. And in the body, when fire's out of control, that's often anxiety or panic. It can also be 
heat type diseases, things with a lot of redness and inflammation and um, sudden flaring, high fevers, that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, I think right now I would say we're witnessing a pathological imbalance Mm -hmm. of fire. You know, we're, we're low on water. We're low on cool moisture and you know, it's on the planetary level or yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing they were saying about the, uh, the redwoods is that because we've had drought for so many years in a row that the redwoods were more stressed than usual. So there was more Mm. resin than usual. So they, some of the redwoods would have survived ordinarily, but they, because they were already stressed, the fire has uh, destroyed some of the redwoods that might've survived in an ordinary circumstance. Wow. When is anything ever ordinary? (laughs) Right. Right. There's no, it's a, it's constantly changing. Yeah. Right. Uh Oh, that is, Mm. that is sad though. That is, (laughs) I feel the grief of that, the redwoods, the thousands of years old redwoods and the houses and Mm -hmm. everything that's going in this. Yeah. I wonder if in the larger scale process, if there will be any way that this fire generates earth, the earth element is more about centering and home and nourishment. And I wonder if in any way this experience will give rise to a greater sense of either having or needing to tend to the home and the center and, mm-hmm. you know, to come, to come back to earth in some ways. Right. Well, even on the literal level, the uh, fires often uh, around, around here, they say they uh, are, are generative that they release a lot of uh, minerals in the in the soil and there are uh, this whole chaparral community which is there's there's a certain amount of it up in bonnie dune and a lot of the chaparral plants won't even propagate unless there's a fire yeah so seeds will laying dormant will will be uh germinated by the fire there was a couple of big fires here in 2008 and 2009 and i definitely saw that process one of the places i go walking in the nature reserve in bonnie dune uh, was all burned in 2008, and over the 12 years since then, it's been wonderful to see how much has has come back, and uh, even um, even some of the redwoods that had lost all their limbs, that they were just like these standing stalks. They're actually growing; they're like growing like green fur all over them, mm. and uh, and madrones are coming back from their crowns and uh, pine trees and a lot of so there's been a huge amount of growth in the 12 years since then so i'm i'm sure in our fires as well that there'll be another cycle of 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 growth that's triggered but i I love that you kind of tell us what to look forward to from the chinese medicine point of view is is more of a sense of home and hearth and Mm -hmm. and groundedness yeah yeah yeah, for my, myself, I, I kind of, one thing that's coming up for me is thinking of that, the, the dissociation and the, the level of dissociation versus groundedness. And, and that as I'm starting to see it as a, as a question of, of degrees, I can see there that when I get into trigger, like this morning, the sun was all red again, which I hadn't seen in a few days. And I like whoop, back up to that, that level of fire, like an, yeah. and anxiety, like you're talking about, like excess yeah. fire. And then letting myself come back down to the ground and feeling that earth beneath my feet again as a way of of uh, being the balance or being the uh, the counterpoint to that anxiety is this groundedness. Definitely, yeah, especially the bottoms of the feet. Yeah, pulling, yeah, pulling us back. So I'd love to ask you before we before we wrap up to just come back to the dreams and you know, hearing you talk about how they're playing a role for you going through this very vivid experience with the fires. Right. And well, I know you have your, your radio show too. So every week you're really dropping into, to talking about dreams and hearing different perspectives, but I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to say about dreams for you right now, what kind of work you're doing with Mm -hmm. dreams or in your own practice, or I know this year has been totally out of the ordinary as far as events, lots of events canceled, but what else is happening around dreams for you right now? Well, there's um, something that I'm kind of going through this uh, understanding about dreams, just what dreams are and, or what they can be 
Um, I'm, I've been teaching a, a class every every Monday to have an ongoing workshop series, and it's it's, it's great because it's really helping me um, organize my thoughts. And uh, I'm going to take a risk and say it out loud on the on a radio yeah. on the podcast. Like uh, I maybe we're going to like mulling over like a book possibility. Like oh, so, that's like, exciting. Yeah, and so there's so the dreams are kind of reflecting back to me like what dreams are. Like I actually had a dream just about a week ago where I was sitting in a circle of people and and people were like taking turns in the center and and expressing their feelings. It was really was like group therapy in my dream and then it was my turn to be in the center and it was super powerful that I had a facilitator there, this man who was asking me questions and helping me go deeper and, and really guiding me. And as I felt myself start to wake up, I was like, no, don't wake up. This is working. Mm. <laughs> it's actually working. And so it's like, you know, a dream, this, this is one of the phrases of Matthew Walker's dreams are overnight therapy. And so pun almost that dreams are therapy. And But it actually really was therapy. It wasn't just like about therapy, but the actual experience of that dream was was really helpful. And I yeah. had a, another dream that that is the same topic, which is was it was right it was after the lightning storms that started the fire when we were in a power outage we didn't know that the fires were, were sweeping our way yet but i had a lucid dream which is extremely rare for me i don't usually try i've kind of given up over the years it's just not my thing i've kind of had a, a half a dozen over the years but i had a spontaneous lucid dream and everything it just exploded in this purple light and i'm talking to this man and his head is just just radiating so much purple light, I can barely see his features. And I'm saying to him, wow, I'm, I'm dreaming and I'm awake in the dream. I, I, this is amazing. And I realized that what this man is saying to me is he's basically echoing back the same thing I'm saying, but it's a little bit garbled. It's like, well, I'm dreaming and huh. I'm awake in my dream. So it's interesting. It was like the mirror, like dream as a mirror. Uh, that was that was part of the the message for me there that the that the dream is really reflecting back what's happening for mm. me. So like the overnight therapy and the dreams as a mirror seems like it's kind of uh, and then the whole idea of dreams as emotional immune system that there's something about um, about dreaming that uh, it's kind of um, I'm kind of evolving the idea in my mind and I haven't really. I haven't articulated it yet, but having ahas about it, like I'm having a sense of, okay, I'm, on, I'm something's, I'm, I'm having ideas, something's happening, something's opening up for me here, and I don't know what it is quite yet, but this feels like there's, uh, there's, there's new stuff coming, and I feel like there's um, insight. There's a lot of insights around the process of dreaming that are, are mulling over for me, and I love doing the radio show and talking to people uh, and talking to people who call in and all the different perspectives people have on dreams since they are so so personal everybody has their own perspective and their own experience of their dreams and that's the huge power of dream dreaming is that it's very very personal and so to make generalizations about it is challenging but i feel like that my dreams are kind of showing me some of the some of the nuts and bolts of, of what dreams are and what they do. And at the same time, they're, they're doing that for me, that that's, they're doing the therapy for me and reflecting for yeah. me what's, what I need in the moment. Well, that is so cool. I, I love that you're dreaming about dreams. Yes. <laughs> And very exciting that you're that you're thinking about a book. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that you're not quite sure yet. You want to say that, but that's right. Well, you know, okay. I had a dream about it, so this is this is one reason I feel like I can okay to start talking about it. And, oh, then the, okay. and in the dream, I I'm talking to somebody and I'm saying, so I can't decide. Am I going to write my science book first or my novel? And like, mm -hmm. I have no intention of writing a novel or even a science book. But somehow there's something about both of those like maybe that's like kind of like the novels that maybe like my story like one of the things i love is is to talk about my story as a way of of being inspiration also you have a confidentiality i don't want to talk about my clients dreams that's not right so mm -hmm. i talk about my own dreams so maybe that's kind of the novel and then the science is like the science i'm always bringing to this you know about the brain structure and, and all that and so maybe there is a way that this this book that i'm contemplating could be like a combination of a science book and a novel where it's um, all mixed together. That actually sounds kind of exciting to me. So if I'm starting to dream about it, I think it's headed my way. <laughs> yes, I think so. Headed, headed for all of us. <laughs> That's great. And that, that totally makes sense with how I've heard you speak because I've heard you weave together like you just did the, the 
the man with the purple light radiating out and the, you know, the story of the dream, the novel of the dream, and then the reflection on mm-hmm. what that might mean in a more generalizable way. So that sounds like a good yeah. <laughs> format. Yeah. <laughs> well, wonderful. That's exciting. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Catherine. This has been a really lovely wander with you. Yeah, thank you, Leilani. I really appreciate this opportunity to to share my thoughts with you. And um, and I've got some ahas from our conversation, so I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm excited that you're doing your podcast when you first started it. I've listened to a lot of different podcasts and about dreams, and and some of them are like, yeah, okay. But yours really spoke to me, the way that you talk to all these people working with dreams in different ways, and your approach um, feels very, very comfortable for me. So I'm really excited uh, that I could promote your show on my show, and now I'm coming on your show. I love how we can be cooperative and collaborative about this. And so I wish you all the best on your podcast and whatever else you're doing in the dream world going forward. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, likewise. I love your show too. I think we're going about it in a very um, compatible way. So it's great to be able to share it. And um, do you want to tell listeners any more about how to find you? I've mentioned that your show is The Dream Journal. Is there a place they can find you online or keep up more with what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. I have a webpage. It's experientialdreamwork.com. That's experiential dreamwork and i have um you can have my email address is krbell6 at gmail.com you definitely contact me about classes or love to have people tune into the radio show it is a a live radio show 10 to 11 o'clock pacific time saturday mornings and if you want to call in i would love to hear from you and then i uh podcast it i edit the show and then release it with the podcast the next few days and it's out on all the major platforms called the dream journal pink logo with curly letters which uh, my son designed so i love that he designed my logo oh cool yeah i have online groups going now and of course one-on-one work uh, which is kind of the the meat of the matter in my opinion but it's all good like i said any level of working with dreams is good so follow that follow the dream (laughs) okay great i will link to all those opportunities And I will look forward to talking with you again soon. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Leilani. Thank you for listening. What did you think? Have you had any dreams of fire lately? Any characters who show up in your dreams and offer that gift of showing you you're not alone? Leave a comment on the show notes at thedreamersden.org or come join my free Facebook group, The Dreamers Den, and share your own reflections or questions. I really look forward to hearing from you. You will hear from me again on the Dreamer's Den podcast on the new moon. Until then, wishing you deep dreams.